Welcome to the UK Fantasy Football Show, Goal's weekly podcast that discusses many a football fans' favourite pastime. We'll be analysing Game Week 28's results, discussing the shock defeat for Liverpool that ended their Invincibles hope, and revealing our teams for Game Week 29. Joining us this week for the second time this season is Goal's Head of News and Features, Peter Staunton. Last time you came on, you are above Dave, despite not touching your team since Game Week 1. Yeah. How are you faring now? N- not very good. I'd, I'm about 3.7 million in the world, which is still about halfway. Yeah. Yeah. But I think out of you know all the people that are still interested. Um, are you still interested, though? Well, no. Not I really. get the impression you're not from, from the fact you have a uh, load of players in your team who aren't playing. Well, the problem there was the, the League Cup final. So there was games rescheduled, so I didn't have players in the team last weekend. Sigurdsson's still there. You must be one of the last people left with Sigurdsson. Why? Because he's, he's rubbish. Yeah, he's had a terrible season for Sigurdsson standards. Yeah, but he, you know, he kind of bangs in a free kick every now and again. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> I hit the post last week, didn't he? Yeah, but I, I was explaining that the reason why I don't have many points this week is because Ederson, Sil- Bernardo, Aguero, Aubameyang, because their game was rescheduled against Man City, all those fellas didn't even play. Your captain's on the bench, so he, he wasn't playing My either. captain is always on the bench, Andy Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. You've you got a very Irish-looking bench there, actually. Duffy there, too. Yeah, Duffy and Stevens, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I try and get some Irish guys into the team if I can, but there's not a lot of them around the Premier League at the moment. Shane, Shane Long scored the other week with his Johnson, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get him in your team, he can be your new captain. Mix up the Irish captains <laughs> a bit. What about Grealish? I wonder. I was going to. Th- I'll get on to Grealish. I do like Grealish, <laughs> but unfortunately, he's one of these. There's a lot of good players, aren't there, out there who just who just don't do the business in fantasy. So you watch them in the flesh, and then you watch them match today, and they do the really nice stuff, but like it's worthless, you know? Because what what use is doing a dribble and then hitting it to somebody else, and then they cross for the goal or whatever, you know? You must it's, be. It's, it's the McTominay effect. The McTominay effect. Yeah, Makélélé was always bad for that back yeah. in the day. Well, I'd be McKell as well. Yeah. Should we just spend this 45 minutes just listing players? <laughs> <laughs> you must be enjoying Calvert-Lewin's supremacy, well, though. Well, see, I feel vindicated from, from Calvert-Lewin because I've had him since the start of the season. And I, I just knew the way he finished last season for Everton, um, I just knew he was going to go. I think I thought he was going to go stratospheric this year. And I, I think I saw something. There's only one goal between Mane and Salah's combined total and Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin's. Goal total this year. Am I right with that? Well, you got 13 goals this season, just Calvert Lewin. Yeah, which is a fantastic haul. And, and I, I think if you checked his XG, he's probably worth maybe a little bit more than that. And I think he, he will settle into when he settles into the player he's going to become. It'll be at a higher level than he is right now. I can see him. You know, Kane's injury problems, whatever for England. I can see him becoming England centre forward over the next 12, 18 months. Yeah. and uh, getting going to a better club than Everton. I think. You look at what happened with, with Lukaku, who scored all those goals at Everton and then moved on to Man United. Now it's doing the business at Inter. Well, I actually think Calvert-Lewin is a better all-round player than Lukaku was when he was at Everton. Lukaku was there to be serviced and he would put the ball in the net, whereas I just think Calvert-Lewin's got so much more to his game. Mm. Now, this wasn't being borne out in his fantasy football totals <laughs> for a long time because there's only, only so many times you can go to matches and go, I really like the way he flicks that ball on. You know, <laughs> It's not going to be worth a lot. <laughs> In fantasy, or holding the ball up, but now he's adding those goals to his game. He's got a world-class manager in Ancelotti, and yeah, like I said, I think Calvert Lewin. I was on the, I was all on board the Calvert Lewin hype train before it even left the station. Yeah, you called it earlier. Yeah, you got the early bird ticket, didn't you? For that, yeah. Yeah. Dave. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, what just embodies the fact that he's he's flying at the moment is you don't score goals like he scored against United if you're in bad form. Mm -hmm. Incredible, incredible. Almost scored the winner as well. 
Yeah, well, I, he did. You know, I, I can't believe that our Everton fans and Ancelotti were getting sore about that goal. Of course, it's offside. I mean, there's no dis- the guy's lying on the ground and then he dummies the ball and it goes in. I mean, mm. it's ridiculous. I think they, they, I think they were just putting on a show. Like you know how that Australian referee went, oh mate, do you want me to just uh, go over and try and sell the VAR? It's a good accent. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that's essentially what Ancelotti was doing. He's like, oh well, I know it was offside, but I need to look like I really care. So the Everton fans yeah. adopt me as one of their own, yeah. and then he gets sent off. And gets sent off. Yeah, job done. They love all that. Folklore. What was he actually saying to the referee that got him to get? Because I could see the ref was just taking it at first, wasn't he? He was like, "Yep, yep oh, okay, no, okay." It'd been like no, two right, that's enough. Now you're <laughs> off. <laughs> it'd been that's like two wrestlers. It'd been like Kane versus the Undertaker, and there yeah. had just been. Saying just probably telling each other a joke or saying what they're having for tea, mm-hmm. and then unpleasant. yeah, and then Ancelotti's going, "Hey, you're through. You sell this. You sell. You sell me off. I'm uh, folklore." Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> Dave, that's how it works. Yeah. Dave was quite early on the Calvert Lewis train in our. I was, yeah. Well, he yeah. copied me after I was in the first time. I didn't really copy you, Pete, because like you're not really someone that I associate with fantasy football, <laughs> like. Um, I would take your knowledge on the game in general, but um, I was probably copying someone else higher up the table in FPL. Yeah, yeah. which Pete was last time. Last, he yeah, was that's on. true. Yeah, yeah. But I, that, I haven't actually checked. Was that at, was it actually above me? I was by yeah. how much? Yeah. Just a couple of points. Yeah, it was very close. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. But Fair I've enough. I've I'll dropped like two and a half million places below you at this stage. I think. <laughs> There's yeah. a bit of a gap. Quite now. A lot, really. But I've been trying really hard. Dave's <laughs> <laughs> had a quite a renaissance, really, haven't you? Just a little bit. I'm just kind of. I've made a concerted effort to catch you, haven't I? Yeah, our regular listeners will know that Dave was closing in on me, and now he's just three points, three points off me. Come Having on. spent almost all season at the bottom of the table, he's now just potentially one game week away from usurping me in second place. First yeah. place is now uh, distant. Sam's distantly ahead of all of us. He's so I, I still him. find it, I think it's brilliant and really cute how you two have just got this little personal battle going on now, and that's enough to <laughs> give you that. Well, we need to fight for something, don't we? No, no, first place is out of the question. You've won. It's fine. We've accepted it. We're over it. But we just don't want that wooden spoon. Well, it's less than 100 points, the gap now. So Well, like 98 or something. Yeah, it's it's not over. The only hope for us is you completely bailing in that week where it's the FA Cup quarterfinals. Because you've used your free hit. Mm. I haven't used my free hit. So I'm going to absolutely make hay in that week. Go go crazy and just jam in all the players of the five matches that are going to be left to play. Uh, Dave, I can... Pull clear of him as well. He's used his free hit. Yep. He's a bit screwed. I've only got the bench boost left. See, I, I don't think you will, because even if I only have, like, six players, there'll be six players that you'll probably have. So you'll be relying on, like, I don't know, a West Ham defender to try and haul back 100 points against me. <laughs> I believe it could Dallas. happen. Well, well, I guess <laughs> we'll see. I c- the thing with the free hit is, obviously, you can't really tinker around with the team until it comes to it. We've got two and a half weeks until, or two weeks until we can start playing around with it. At the moment, though, the fixtures do look pretty uh, bleak from a fantasy manager perspective. There's only, I think it's, uh, let's have a look here. There's still six matches scheduled in. Spurs-West Ham, Burnley-Watford, Norwich-Everton, Liverpool-Palace, Leicester-Brighton and Wolves-Bournemouth. But you'd think Leicester-Brighton will get called off because yeah. Leicester have got Birmingham at home. You'd, and then one of Spurs-West uh, Ham or Norwich-Everton will be called off because Spurs and Norwich play each other in this round of the FA Cup. So there's not going to be a lot of matches left. It'll be a, a tight week for fantasy managers heading mm. into that international break. So it's not even like they can do what they did with Man City when that game was called. Yeah, up. I'm just looking at those fixtures now, and I think my previous statement's going to come back and seriously bite <laughs> me on the ass. Actually, <laughs> there's some yeah uh, Wolves probably just jamming a load of Wolves players against Bournemouth, who uh, aren't exactly flying at the moment. 
Burnley get Nick Pope back in for a one week wonder maybe yeah it's a Liverpool will play so managers with Liverpool players FPL managers with Liverpool players they'll be fine Liverpool and Palace definitely don't have an FA Cup match that weekend but everybody else oh, no. looking a bit bleak yeah but for now we don't have to worry about that although we do have a slight double game week this week unexpectedly I guess Man City against Arsenal has been rescheduled for March 11th, mm-hmm. which is the same day as some Champions League action, but neither team obviously involved in that. Arsenal having been knocked out of the Europa League, don't have a Europa League game the next day like they might have done, might have expected to do. But since our last podcast, I think, yeah. went out, they were uh, obviously still in it, but Olympiacos knocked them out. So there is some double game week action there. which Unceremoniously. Eh, unceremoniously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one for FEL managers to consider but we'll t- come to that a little bit later uh, looking quickly at our scores now in our overall sort of non-public league uh, Dave is currently still third as mentioned with 1,445 points I'm clean on to second with 1,448 points and Sam still 98 points clear on 1,546 points. Although you did get 36 points this week, which... Which was like nearly 50% higher than the average. That's true. Um, <laughs> which I think is nice a remarkable um, Great spin. achievement <laughs> by myself. Remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> because I forgot it was a game week on a, on a Friday. <laughs> so I knew I was going to... I needed to make a few changes. And then, yeah, I uh, just got a text through saying um, Norwich are winning. I was like, Shit, <laughs> shit. So, uh, yeah, I didn't have Henderson. Uh, my, I had about 25% of my budget was sat on the bench. Oh but right. all praise, uh, are you? Yeah, he brought the game, didn't he? You yeah. started him. Did you start him or did he come off the bench? I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> Fernandez, you also have him, don't you? He got you some points. Yep, uh, and Salah did. Uh, oh, no, he did nothing, didn't nothing. he? Yeah, he got my captain at four points. We all had Brilliant. captain Salah, so yeah. that was a letdown for all of us. But the guy who got 101 points had had um, Sar as his captain. Do you know the watch? That's outrageous. Yeah. That's a ballsy, that's ballsy gotta, call. Oh, it's got to be yeah. a mistake. He, no way he was... Well, he, uh, I, I think know. it came out that he texted or tried to DM him on uh, Twitter or Insta saying, could you score a couple of goals for oh me this weekend? <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Sar didn't reply, but maybe he just saw it and thought, that's the kind of motivation I need to run <laughs> I love that. Watford are dangerous. He's like, got decor, Seriously. Eh? Yeah, I've bought into Decore a few weeks ago just yeah. after Pearson took over it. Um, They've had some I good results. Yeah, they have. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you see, do you see it continuing? I, I think mean, they're worse. I think they're far worse teams than them. So they've got Palace next up. Yeah. I think, th- I think. I mean, Palace don't score a lot of goals. So no. we'll get on to it with my uh, one-week wonder, whatever you call it. Um, but I do have... You got I it right. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I've got I'm just looking for a bit of guidance because I'm tempted to stip, stick Sar in there. It'll be it'll be a low score again because pa- mm. Palace are a very tight team, very tight team. Could go a goal a goal either way. For me, I still think Watford are a little bit in danger. Villa st- Villa look a little bit cut. Nah, good not in a million years. Villa, no Watford. Watford. You don't think they've, they've had some pretty dodgy results? I know they had a bit of a renaissance, but they're still what they just smashed Liverpool. Yeah, one of the unbeaten Yeah, they're beating some big teams, but. I still think they're in risk of going down. Brighton are probably the ones who I think will finish beneath them. They've been naff in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Brighton have, I, I agree. Properly falling, yeah. slowly but falling, because they can't win games. Um, and I think for me, Villa and Norwich are pretty much done deals. Villa, Norwich, Brighton. Yeah. Done. What done. Oh, easy peasy. So we think Bournemouth are going to They're in all right now, yeah? Yeah. They've been much better, haven't they? Got a draw against Chelsea at the weekend, which is pretty decent. Yeah. 
Liverpool up next, which is a tough one. But uh, well, well, after what after what Watford did, maybe it isn't. But I was a bit worried about Newcastle for a bit because we hadn't scored in however many games. I think it's four or five games now. But smashed. I think, I think Newcastle could find a bit of trouble by the end of the season. <laughs> fine, now. fine. Smashed um, West Brom last night. A massive shout from Rob last week, putting Dubravka in goal for his one week wonder. Yeah, fair play to that. We that had, was decent. Yeah, got. Uh, he did call that we are good at home when it comes to not conceding goals. It's just a shame that we are utterly useless at scoring goals. But good call from yeah, Rob. Well played. Stat, stats during the week, they're like bottom position for chances created, touches in opposition box, mm. shots taken, and goals. Yeah. Yeah, we're not great at attacking. Joe Linton has been a complete flop. Yeah, but I could have told Cold, anybody who watched the Bundesliga last season one <laughs> yeah. match would have told you he was going to be useless. How <laughs> <laughs> many did he score four last season? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Forty so Where did they get it's a ten time multiplier? That's how I work <laughs> where it out. Where did they get that price tag from? Ask out in his pants now. <laughs> you know, I think it's just that Premier, once Premier League clubs get interested, the dollar signs go in these. No, massively, yeah. Yeah. First you choice striker. You're going on thing. holidays and you go to these restaurants. They've got two menus. One, one with the prices <laughs> for the British tourists and one for everybody else. I think that's what it's a bit like when Premier League teams come to buy players. Yeah, it almost definitely is. How much for Jolton? Forty million. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just wait oh, for the reaction. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Ashton. Oh, okay. Wrong menu. Wrong menu. <laughs> In our public league, but they have Newcastle. Those I think those two guys that they have. Uh, Almiron and um, Saint Maximin. I think even in a better team, those guys would, would do the business. I think they're really good. I like Almiron. Really, really good wide yeah. forwards. So brilliant. I mean, I've been slagging him off in recent episodes because he's getting no points. Yeah. But I've stuck with him, largely out of necessity, to be honest. But he scored twice last night. Yeah. He's been really good in the FA Cup. He is the reason we've got to the quarterfinals of the, oh, FA, the FA Cup. Cup. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think if if they had a more progressive manager, let's say, who played football in a, in a different way than Steve Bruce does, I think you would see those guys even score and assist a, a lot more because I think their productivity maybe is, is a bit lower than it should be. But that's why they're at a club like Newcastle with all due yeah. respect. But I do think yeah, that right. they have that ability to improve and get to a, to a better level, Sam Maximan and, and um, Almiron. Two very yeah. good players. They just need the, the right support cast around them. Well, we saw a similar thing with Wijnaldum where he didn't quite look the part in that Newcastle team when we got relegated. Yeah, Went off to Liverpool and looked so much better. Yeah, he did, yeah. Uh, anyway, so the top of the public league is Mayin al-Islam, who's <coughs> for the regular listeners among you will know, he's been there for a while. However, he's only clinging on now ahead of Graham Wilshaw, who is now just four points off the top spot. They are far, far clear of me, Dave and Sam in the 1700s. Uh, it's it's a long way away. But no one really at the top had a great week because a lot of the, the big guns usually uh, didn't perform. Fernandez probably so, being yeah, the main yeah. exception. Just, just mm. to jump back, you were saying I did shit this week. You did I was shit. tied with the first, second and third. I beat two of first, I beat first and third in our big league and was tied with second. Yeah. So that's the kind of company I keep. <laughs> All right, you did These well among, among your big guns. Yeah. But in our league, you were th- three out of three. So, uh, yeah. Bottom performer. That's, that's what I judge it on. Uh, podcast listeners and YouTube viewers, you can join our league and test yourself against us all season long, the code to type in on the FAL website is NHC4WZ. Let's move on then. So this week, our big talking point is the end of Liverpool's invincible hopes. From a Liverpool point of view, this past month has been quite a bit of a wobble, actually. So they're on the brink of a UCL exit. They lost that Invincibles tag in the league, and last night... Knocked out of the FA Cup. What do you make of this wobble, Pete? Um, I think it's funny. Klopp was calling for a, oh winter break, winter break, winter <laughs> yeah. break. And then <laughs> then he comes back and they're useless. Killed their momentum, aren't they? Totally. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, it's a strange one. So you could say if he'd put his full strength team out in the FA Cup, 
um, in, well, the, in the fourth round, then they would probably have kept the momentum going. Well, it's an interesting one to look back on, but I think he probably feared putting a full-strength team out against Chelsea because with the momentum lost, he probably thought it would do more damage that they had a full team going out there losing rather than um, a half team going out there losing. But even last night, you know, they had, what, four or five of their Champions League winning yeah. winning team out there. I mean, it should have been enough to get over Chelsea. But, you know, I think if you look down throughout Liverpool's results throughout the season, their XG, their X points, that kind of thing, they're probably a little bit too far clear relative to where they deserve to be in terms of the games that they've won, uh, the, you know, the types of goals that they scored here and there. Like it, I don't think they're a generational team. And no. I think over the course of a season, these things tend to even themselves out. So I think they're having, having that reckoning right about now. I don't think it's any real cause for panic, but, you know, come the end of the season, teams, w- once the shakeout happens, teams usually end up where they end up. And that's where Liverpool are right now. It feels a long way back now, but the first three months, maybe two months of the season, they weren't really that great. They were really grinding out results. Yeah, they were, yeah. Not being particularly, uh, grinding out wins, not being particularly great. And then it was around kind of November time that they really flipped the switch and became a really, really top team at mm. the top of their game. And yeah, as you mentioned, the uh, the winter break kind of killed that a bit, didn't it? And I think naturally over a season, though, you're going to have those ebbs and flows in how you play. And yeah. like that's what I winning think, a league that, is I about, isn't the, it? The difficult bit there, because they just weren't, they were just a ruthless winning machine. Um, whether it was a last-minute VAR-influenced penalty or smashing team, <laughs> or smashing the team five nil, um, they they were just winning. Uh, yeah, to the point you just expect them to, even if they were two 0 down, you'd expect them to still come back and win. And they did that a few yeah. times down throughout the season. But what also can't be overlooked is I think that the challenge from sort of the teams between second and sixth or seventh has been really poor this year relative to to other seasons. Mm. Um, that can't be overlooked. You know, they, you know, Man City they didn't have Laporte for a long stretch of the season. They didn't have Sane for a long stretch of the season. So I- if you go to the Liverpool team at the start of the year and you take Van Dijk out of it and you take Mane out of it and say, okay, now let's see what you can do, then, th- you know, you would see different results yeah. at the end of the day. Um, and then when you don't need to talk too much about Spurs, Man United, uh, Chelsea, even Arsenal. Leicester, if the Arsenal, you know, these teams just really haven't been on it. Um, and Liverpool yeah, have raced clear. Uh, as a result think of that. that, especially last night, do you think it's a uh, a suitable point to argue that Liverpool's squad depth just is not there? It's not there. They're they are reliant on their on their first eleven, um, overwhelmingly so. And in a 60, 65 game season, that's just it's not feasible, is so it? You know, you look at the forwards that had out there last night. I mean, Minamino's a neat and tidy player, but I would be surprised if he scores one goal before he leaves Liverpool. He just doesn't ha- carry any sort of threat. Me, he's a neat and tight. It'd be lovely. I mean, if he wanted to play with us on a Monday night down the five side, then well, funny you should say because I remember watching when he when Liverpool signed him, he was on a game show in Japan and the ball was getting clipped, clipped in and he had to knock all these things down in the goal. Yeah, and I was watching him going, I'd do a better than you on that. <laughs> kind to yourself, aren't you? It is a bit kind. I saw him, it, it yeah. wasn't, he didn't find it that difficult to be fair, but also, I mean, to and knock him out and um, Divock Origi as well. Um, I'd be really worried about him if I was a Liverpool fan. I mean. After scoring those goals against Barcelona and then scoring against uh, Spurs in the final, I think if if Liverpool had kind of shopped him around at 35, 40 million last summer, Newcastle would have come calling. Oh, they probably would have got it for him. Well, who's going to take him now? He just he doesn't look motivated. He doesn't look sharp enough. He just doesn't look tuned into what Liverpool are doing. And sounds know, perfect for Syria. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's games like last night that that he should be proving that I can be the fourth striker here. I, yeah. c- I can do it. But it's just it's just not happening. I, I, I do think they've got good strength and depth, Liverpool, just except 
up front. Up front, they have no strength and depth. But the rest of the, you know, they've got a lot of good midfielders. They've got enough centre-backs that have carried them through quite a few centre-back injuries throughout the season. Full-backs, I mean... They, I don't, they don't have a full-back, do they? No, but... Gomez, Gomez no. cannot play right-back. No, but no. you don't tend to have, usually, like, strong backup full-backs in teams. You look at all the great teams, it's rare that you'd have a really quality right-back or left-back. They need staff. a Phil Neville. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. they've got with James Milner is their Phil Neville, and he's much mm. better than Phil Neville ever was. Yeah. I always think when Lovren starts, successful, you know, when Lovren starts playing for him, I always feel like the performances go off a little bit. You know, yeah. like when you're playing football with a guy who's not that great, or he's had like a really bad yes, few we weeks. Yes, do, Dave. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> not me, obviously. But and it's like it doesn't really matter if he does nothing wrong. There's always that kind of feeling that it's brought the team go. down yeah. a little bit. Yeah. He's fourth choice centre back, so yeah. To be expected, I guess, of that. He was in for the Watford game, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, and they're blaming him. I do, but even on the on the goal, that's what I mean, though. Even he'll on the get the blame, even if it's not his fault. Yeah, yeah I didn't see him to uh, really to blame guy. for the goals, but but maybe the overall level. I didn't see it. I mean, I was at a wedding, so I didn't see that. Did you have a good time? It was all right, and then yeah. people started coming how in. How, how was the cake? I don't. I don't. I wouldn't need him. I didn't need the cake. <laughs> <You> really <laughs> looks really offended by that. <laughs> the cake. Why would I eat the cake? You're not a cake person. Not really. No. No. Okay. Just no. focus on the booze. Had a few pints, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but people were coming in and saying, "Oh, Liverpool have lost." With it, yeah, they were. Yeah, and I was thinking, I wish, wish I was watching that now. <laughs> sat here listening to "Love is patient, love is kind" <laughs> <laughs> for the Pretending millionth time care. of my life. <laughs> but you know, with the winter break, right? Do you think that the players get a bit of a taste for the end of the season, especially when it's job done in the league, and that they go Put on, the they have like, that, that little break, and it almost gives them that. I'll tell oh, you what. Actually, this is really nice. And <laughs> I've only got so many matches left and I can be back on holiday again. I'll tell you what. Some of the things oh. that I've heard from clubs, from, from play, about players at certain clubs, I would be surprised if this winter break carries on. It could be, really. Oh, yeah. The thing is, right, the reason that the reason why it works in places like Spain, Germany and Italy is because of the culture of the winter break. So the players will, they know what they're doing on the winter break. They've got three or four weeks. They'll spend Christmas with their families in the Germans' case. Um, it's a little bit later than that in Spain and in um, in Italy, but you know they have a plan for the winter break. Mm. Whereas in England, it was spring break. That's the way the players looked at it, and, and this is you know hand on heart and telling you the truth. There, some of the things that went on in Dubai over the course <laughs> of that winter break, okay, are, are you can write a book. They're end of season <laughs> activities, okay. Yeah, and and I'm not even talking about the nocturnal stuff that they were getting up to, but but even you know sort of, I don't know the activities that they're doing when if it's I don't know parties on a boat or yeah, you know, yeah, things yeah. like that but there was a lot of stuff going on there that I don't think clubs would be would be too happy about when the players came back after the break because the break is about recharging your batteries and making sure that you're fit to go for the last few games of the season and from what I've heard players were aiming for the winter break so they would could go away for a couple of weeks spring break style and then come back and they just haven't been able to recover it's from like it. a snow day from school or something yeah, yeah, just go out totally full sugar all day out in snow, well, diving around in the wet. Coming back off a stag ding, you had three days away, you come back and you go, fucking hell, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus. And I think that's th- that's because the, the culture of the winter break just is, isn't in English football. It could take mm. it could take a generation before it actually, the ethos of a winter break actually com- comes into clubs. Do you not think it's also potentially just down to the that sort of British mentality of like, you know, as soon as you go to the airport, I think Brits are the only one who goes, right, 7 a.m. pint. I definitely think that's part of it. I would say as well, what you've touched on in your first bit is spot on in terms of it's not in a holiday period. Like for Christmas, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. You settle back a little bit. You calm yeah. down. But as you mentioned, spring is not really the time. It's spring break. Yeah. It's spring break. It's just such an unnatural place to put it because they don't want to ruin the TV 
cash cow yeah. that they've got. So Are you jo- this this should be part of the the, the footage that shots. The Premier League should be filming these guys going away on holiday, and this is like a Geordie Shaw <laughs> in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> so you get this break in the action, and then we all go on holiday with the players and watch them get into like all this carnage and stuff, and Klopp's phoning them up and saying, "What are you guys playing?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Hangover film. Sort of thing, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, It'd be a great bit of supplementary footage. Yeah. The live content. See, I think there should be more breaks in the season because my favourite part of the entire season so far was Christmas because at any stage, on any day, you just go, well, there's football on TV today. I just want more of it. And then if there's no yeah. football on, you just watch the darts. I just think <laughs> the, the, the problem, that's over Christmas. The problem is with, with winter break is, I'm sure you've all been out with a fella who never gets out. You know, he might get out once every six weeks or once every three months or something like that. Let's himself go just lets himself go. I think that's the way it was. Yeah, handbrake off. Oh, handbrake <laughs> off. And I think that's the way it was with the what they call the, the winter break. But like I keep coming back to it, it wasn't winter break, it was spring break. And I, I cannot see the clubs uh, sustaining it and, uh, much longer uh, if the same type of things go on. If it's just going to be about partying and booze and women and all that kind of thing, I just I can't see it happening. I can see it being a bit, very different context, but being a bit like what they've done with the summer transfer window stop where they brought it in because people were moaning about it. They brought in immediately. They realised the f- the drawbacks of it, and then they rein it back in. Two. I mean, that was later. a good idea, though. The, s- the transfer window. It Quite wasn't sure. a it wasn't a bad idea, but it was massively flawed when the fact that nobody else is doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so you sure. needed it's to like have communism. coordinated that. You know, you can't just do it on your own. They should have tried to reach out to the leagues and get them to all do it. Trying to think that they can do it in a vacuum was naive, to put it politely. Well, that's your classic British exceptionalism <laughs> at work again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Looking beyond the Premier League then with Liverpool, obviously they're just still clinging on at the moment in the Champions League. You would think, technically, Liverpool should go through for that. I mean, they obviously came back from, what was it, 3-0 against Barcelona last season. This is Atletico, who aren't as strong as that Barca team were, who weren't as emphatic in that first leg as Atletico were. Mm. But I seem to remember you you were a little bit worried about Liverpool. Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You still a bit worried? I think it's all going to depend on the first 10, 15 minutes because it could be one of those, if, if Liverpool get that early goal, then I, I would fancy them to go on and, and, and probably batter and let it go 4-5-1. or five, one. Mm. But if if, the, if that goal doesn't come and you're looking at 65, 70 minutes and, and the cop is getting anxious and, and you know, Simeone's kind of thinking, well, you know, we could get one more here and really kill the tie, then I would worry about Liverpool, yeah. But I, I, I worry for them. I think of all the teams to have that mentality to be able to go to Anfield um, and you know, walk out there with their chest, chests puffed out and take it to Liverpool and just be bastards about it. Yeah. It's Atletico. Definitely. Definitely. I, that's, I thought it was a nightmare tie for Liverpool once the draw was met because I thought if there's one team that could lure them, lure, lure Liverpool into their trap, then it's going to be Atletico. And I know it, it needs to be worlds apart from what they've been doing in La Liga. They've just not been on the ball this year. Uh, they'll, they'll still qualify for the Champions League next year, obviously, but it won't be in first or second place. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll be coming out of, of the tunnel ready to fight. This is their season. Yeah, they'll be this coming out ready season. to fight, and it's teed up perfectly, I think, for 65 minutes of just skirmishing, and then Atletico break, Morata, header, bush, 2-0. What, Liver- what Atletico need to avoid is conceding a penalty early, and they need to avoid... Um, a foolish red card somewhere along the way because those I think those are the two things that could that could really turn the tie uh, in Liverpool's favour. But if they come out with with you know that sort of hard nosed discipline that that Simeone's instilled in his team down throughout the years, then, then I think could um, be could be um uh, could be a training ground exercise for them. You know, yeah. if you're asking a Simeone team to go right, the eleven of you stand out there for an hour and a half and don't concede a goal. It depends what they, they love all that. It depends what they kind of learn in a way from that 
match against Juventus in the last 16, last yeah. season, where they were 2 0 up heading to Turin. Yeah. And Ronaldo completely destroyed them. He did, yeah. But, you know, Liverpool don't have anyone as totemic as Ronaldo, really, like in terms of the. I mean, they have Mane and Salah, who are obviously top of the game players. Yeah. But they're not like team swallowing the way that Ronaldo is in the Champions League mm-hmm. every season. So, I don't know. I, it's definitely on edge for me, but I still think Liverpool have the. Advantage. I think you should have your own podcast where you just describe Ronaldo because I could have just listened to you go on there. I do love Ronaldo. <laughs> I'll miss him. I'll miss him as a footballer anyway. Uh, he's, you know, him and Messi. I always think, you know, we, we talk about it a lot with Goal as a as a product, as a news website. We've been kind of built in a way on the Messi-Ronaldo era and we're getting towards the end of that now and I am a bit nostalgic about them too. I think it was l- before last week in the Classico, we were, we were putting together a script for the top 10 Classico moments. Yeah of Messi's career and I was just looking back at him just thinking there's been so many great matches between those two. I mean, the was it the 3-2 when Messi took his shirt off and there was a and there was a 4-3 as well between the two teams. There were some amazing classicos between those two players, Messi, Ronaldo, Barcelona, Madrid mm. over the years. So it's hard not to look at Ronaldo as a player and kind of just enjoy what he's brought. I mean, it's, it's like the Police Academy series. You know it's going to come to the end. <laughs> Well, but you just got to enjoy it. Nothing <laughs> else will come close to it of a similar nature. Yeah, I remember sitting watching Champions League with you. I think it was the season before when Real Madrid knocked out Juventus. Oh, with the when he Ronaldo's a red kick. kick, outrageous goal, just mm. such an incredible moment. So it's hard not to enjoy him, really, when he's at the top of his game. Mm. Euro no twenty six, Euro twenty sixteen. I love that. I mean, you know, he got injured. I, I love that even more when he was on the sidelines, just trying to manage. I was oh, there. Nations League for me. He just decided right. The hat trick against Switzerland. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Every goal was sensational. One of the greatest hat tricks you'd, yeah. you'd ever see. Incredible player. Would love to see him come back to the Premier League. For I'd a love little. to have him on the podcast, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> the zone ambassador Ronaldo. Get him on. I think <laughs> Pull some strings. You know, the further time goes on, I think you know the, the decision that Real Madrid didn't meet his demands for that contract and end up having to punt him to Juventus. It's just, yeah. it's just one of the all-time worst so sporting decisions I that any organization has ever taken. I guess for them, it was just like a boy who cried wolf because he did it before. Hadn't yeah, he? he did. Yeah, yeah, he did it probably two or three times. Yeah. He said it before. I'm not happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all oh, that kind of stuff. Some money. Another five million. Oh, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> money makes me happy. Yeah, <laughs> lots of it. Yeah. But this time they said, no, go on. If you want to go, go. Mm. He said, I'm going to do it. Fine, do it. I'm definitely <laughs> going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call this buffer failed. And then, then, goes, and then, all of, then all of a sudden they've got Mariano Diaz wearing <laughs> the number seven shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your all-time backfires. Uh, right, let's sw- swivel back to uh, Liverpool here. We've gone off on Real yeah, Madrid. On. I do love talking about Ronaldo, but let's go back to Liverpool. With the fact that they're still in the Champions League, let's, let's go on the basis that potentially they do beat Atletico. Do you expect them to start rotating away from the Premier League? Because they're 22 points clear, I think, now, is it? I think the only thing that would have kept them interested in the Premier League, I mean, they're going to win the Premier League, mm. would be the unbeaten record. And they probably would have tried to, to make sure that they had strong teams out just to make sure that the, the record is won. Yeah. I mean, what else What else can they concentrate on? Breaking the breaking the record points total? Would Klopp be interested in that? I'm not so sure. No. Um, so he said he wasn't bothered about the unbeaten record. Oh, that's that's they always say that. yeah. Why was he so salty then after Watford? Because <laughs> <laughs> he lost. You hear him to the BBC reporter after the, the Chelsea yeah, game. Yeah. I really wish he'd stop talking about the Watford game. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's yeah. really playing on his mind. I almost forgot how, how snipey he could be. When, when they lose games. Oh, I remember yeah. at the end of yeah. his Dortmund era, he was such a snipey little bitch. Yeah, he is. And uh, it's good to see a bit of that in him again. <laughs> I think after, after Atletico as well, they were having a bit of a pop, some of the Liverpool people. Klopp, and I think it was Robertson who got a little bit upset about the fact that they were celebrating like they'd won the title. Like, of course they're going to celebrate. Of course they're, yeah. Being the top team in the, in the world right now. 
But I think you're right. I think they will start to rotate some of those Salah, Mane, Firmino. We'll start to see more rotation yeah. there. In the and, and, you know, some of the younger guys, I mean, like Nico Williams and Curtis Jones, they're probably not that far away from deserving game time in the Premier League as well. So I think being able to do with the pressure off. and you know. It'll be interesting to see how last night affected Curtis Jones, if at all. Because it was, I think, quite a bit of the second goal was his fault. All, not only that, but when you look at... at if you want to make an age comparison between what he offered and what Billy Gilmore offered last night, mm. I mean, they're streets apart, absolute streets apart in terms of, of how they can influence a game, what how I they construct a game. What I did like about Curtis James, though, he made that mistake, lost the ball. He obviously couldn't catch Barkley, but he pinged it back, you know, in comparison yeah. to like Luke Shaw, who just like wobbles back and goes, oh, some more potatoes in the <laughs> shots. Um, he was brilliant. Um, he just couldn't catch him. I'm and blaming Van Dyke for that goal. Uh, I'd put 20% of the blame on Van Dyke. Would you? 20%? Didn't give him a call. I think sometimes with Van Dyke, it's so easy for him that I think he just forgets to defend. I know that was one of the big criticisms when he was playing for Celtic. It was just, you know, sometimes when the bread and butter stuff needs to be done, he just sometimes it just goes out of his head to do it. There's just a bit of an arrogance about him at the moment where they think we, we're we good enough to beat these teams, just turn up and... They, they generally are, though. I think, yeah, they are. And that's that's part of the problem, I think. But you that's do see Van Dyke and he's a little... You know, now he's kind of like got that kind of like, yeah, it's all right. And he generally does look like that. But there's still that, you know, there'll still be like 20% of the brain that needs to be like proper motivated yeah, to yeah. Make, the, make it happen. Especially playing in those positions. You yeah. Know, you, you, need to, you need to make sure that, you know, you're gobbling up everything that comes your way. And then it's someone else's fault, you know, if they lose. Ah, oh, Adrian's dropped that one. Ah, oh, Lovren's in the team. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm still the best player in the world. You'd like more team. more focus on, on Fresh Van Dyke. Making no, well, I think you, you've got to accept defeat as a team, haven't you? Yeah. You win as a team, you lose as a team. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. For sure. I think that's probably accurate. I think that's probably one of the reasons why being an invincible team is so difficult. Because mm. it's so it's not even like you can criticise someone for getting complacent. Because it's just so natural. You win games week in, week out. And it's similar to sort of a longer period of time as well. Why Ferguson was so uh, sort of revered in what he did when it came to management, keeping that Man United team motivated all those years. Massively, yeah. It's so difficult to do that. And it'll be interesting to see if Klopp can kind of manage that with this Liverpool team who are on top of the world right now, but stay there is another another matter entirely. Uh, I'm going to drop Salah this week, part of what we're talking about here, right. about in terms of rotation and and uh, Liverpool potentially resting some key players. I'm going to get him. It's yeah. just like, it annoys me that they're just going to rest players now. Oh, we've lost. So it's, uh, it's almost like taking your ball home. Like, oh, yeah, we've lost a game now, so we're not really bothered to the end of the season. We'll just rotate players in and out. We don't mm. really care now if we lose a few games. It's like, piss off. Get back out there. <laughs> <laughs> what I've got I FBL team to manage. Yeah, exactly. I've got second place. Podcast lead to win. Putting Salah as captain here. The warning that you, that you would have to give them, though, is um, I remember Pep Guardiola when he was manager of Bayern. I think it was in his first season of Bayern. They'd won the league like before St. Patrick's Day almost, you know, and it was all over. And then they started... You know, resting players, bringing players in in the league who who might need minutes, doing a bit of experimentation, that kind of thing, and the momentum of the team just completely collapsed, and they ended up going out of the Champions League. Yeah, Real Madrid. I think it was against Real Madrid who smashed them, and it just seemed to, because the league was all done and dusted, and then they had a draw, and then they had a defeat. The momentum just. I think it started a dangerous game. It is, yeah. You know, you need to go hundred percent. I get these guys need to be fresh, and you are protecting them from potentially. you know, career-changing injury or something, but they're footballers. They, they sh- if they're good enough and the, you know they're fit, then mm. they should go out there and play in as many games as possible. I suppose. Yeah, I, I know that sounds a little bit ludicrous, you, but it the old the old cliches. You can't turn it on and off, can you? No, you have to. You have to be on it all the time. Yeah, and that's what took Liverpool to the top of the league. That's what took them to the Champions League. 
you know that that sort of relentlessness that they that, that momentum that they build up not only within games but across seasons as mm. well and if you pull a handbrake on something like that it can be very very difficult to get the yeah because it can roll over again. into next season can't it yeah you know do you ever really get that momentum back you know just winning relentlessly yeah. winning I, I'm, if if anything, like Klopp might look at this as a bit of a good thing that they've lost a couple of games now, because it's a bit of a like might be a bit of a slap in the face for a few of the players that are actually like, you've got to see this season out now. Mm-hmm. This you isn't know. just going to land. Imagine they didn't win the league. Yeah. <laughs> 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 for the biggest collapse of all time. Oh my god! It would be. Can you, can't even <laughs> they, would, they would have to tar and feather Klopp. Poor Neil's face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all those books. <laughs> Done again. <laughs> Man United fans would be loving it, wouldn't they? They'd be celebrating it with Man City. Yeah, they would. Just yeah, like yeah. greatest collapse of all time. Hands a, yeah, <laughs> arms across, hands across Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> Kumbaya to each other. Right, let's move on then. Right, so, okay. uh, let's look specifically at game week twenty nine. Yeah, are we doing the one week wonder? We are. You, you're skipping into my intro here. Sorry, that's all right. <laughs> Uh, before we run through mine, Sam and Dave's changes, Pete will be revealing his one-week wonder team. He has to pick a team to get as many points as possible from this one single game week. Last week, goals international managing editor Rob Parrish bagged a disappointing 37 points. Well, it was a difficult match week, as we said. It yeah. was. He was dealt a rough game week. Yeah. But um, that means that he actually holds the second best and the second worst scores for guests. Who's got season. the best one? The best is Neil. So that's who you've got to beat. He has 77 points. He got 77. Yeah, I know. I bet that. he just stacked it with Liverpool players that He week. did, actually, and they did really well that week. So he, he looks out a bit. Uh, you have the fifth best score, though, overall. That's not bad. You have 65 points. So out, of, out of 29? Out of 28? 22, I think it is. That's yeah. not bad. So that's what you've got to beat. That's a high score. Best of luck. Okay. Who have you picked? Right, so do you want the 11 or the squad? Let's go with the 11 and then we'll do the squad. Right, okay. So in goal, um, I've picked uh, the Wolves goalkeeper, Rui Patrizio. Mm. And they're playing at home against Brighton on Saturday. Um, I think Brighton have been sort of in. I mean, they've they've been good in games, but you know they've kind of been an easy three points for a lot of teams in the yeah. league this season. I think certainly this year. Yeah, and if Wolves have any hope with that outside shot at the Champions League places, then I think they'll need to be picking up three points there, picking up three handy points. Mm. And I've gone for Rui Patricio because he's one of the best goalkeepers in the league anyway. Um, scored a lot of points already this season, so Patricio for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going for a three-man back four. Okay. <laughs> so I've gone, I'm sticking with Wolves and I'm going for uh, my compatriot, Matt Doherty. Excellent. Notice the pronunciation. Doherty. It's not Doherty. Doherty. It's not Doherty. 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 Well, how do you say, Doherty. How do you say uh, Derby County? I, like it's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, say it. Derby. Uh, Derby. Derby. <laughs> it's anyway. not a horse race. Uh, it's a football club. Potato, potato. Doherty. <laughs> Doherty. He's a good pick. I've got him in my team. Yeah, Doherty's He's smashing it at the moment. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he scores goals. Uh, he makes chances. Um, and because he's classed as a defender, he keeps clean sheets. A lot of touches in the box as well for a defender. Is that right? Yeah. Sam was saying that last yeah. week. Um, alongside him, um, despite Dave just slamming him there. I go <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I've got slamming who? Virgil van Dijk. Uh, uh, I've got Virg. So I'm not taking him out because he's a beautiful man. Liverpool play at... Um, Half past twelve on Saturday again at home against Bournemouth, and if if we're going to get one of those classic bounce backs, then Bournemouth could be in a world of hurt there on at Anfield on Saturday. Oh, at Anfield, yeah. Yeah. So I've gone for Virgil, not only for for the potential of a clean sheet, but he's a good man to score from a corner as well. Every now and again, he's had a few goals this season. Virgil yeah. has. I see the top third top scoring defender 
in the entire thing. I'm not sure, but that sounds about right. Yeah. He's certainly, uh, he's like magnetic when it comes to corners. Yeah, he is, yeah. goes towards his head Big man. And then uh, the third member of my back four, um, I've gone for um, Craig Cathcart. Okay. Who Watford got this weekend? Watford are, they are away, but they're away to Crystal Palace. Ah, okay. In, um, can you call it London Derby? Does, does Watford claim to be in London these days? <laughs> they do claim it, yeah. Nah. Just I'm not having it. <laughs> I don't know. It depends whether it starts at the Watford Gap or not, because that's like the start of the <laughs> north, isn't it? But you know, their yeah. training ground is right next door to Arsenal's, and Arsenal count themselves as a London club. so A loose London derby, then. So what you're saying, Arsenal should be classed as a home uh, county school. As a Hertfordshire club. <laughs> because <laughs> I pronounce that Hertfordshire as well. <laughs> anyway, Craig Cathcart. Uh, on the bench, then, I've got Basham. Uh, yeah. Sheffield United player uh, they, they're at home against Norwich which they should do well in that one mm. and uh, then I've got Ben Chilwell they don't play till Monday night Leicester don't uh, but they've got Aston Villa at home as I'm well I'm surprised you're not starting him actually don't want to influence your starting but you know leave him on your bench if you want yeah he's on the bench okay yeah. fine, yeah. fine who have you got in midfield then right my midfield um, I'm going for I've got four midfielders in here okay, okay so I've gone uh, sticking with the Leicester theme I've gone for James Madison uh, against Villa um, free kicks and corners and through balls and things like that I think he's a good player um, he scored a few points this season too so he's in Sadio Mane taking advantage of the fact that he's classed as a midfielder in this um, I think he's going to sc- score a hat-trick maybe against Bournemouth yeah um, I've gone for um, the other player I've got with one of the other players I've gone for midfield for me is the most underrated player in the most underrated team in the Premier League I've gone for Dwight McNeil uh, mm. of Burnley you want to see their record over the past six games? It's tidy, isn't it? You were saying they're in the f- one of the form teams right now. They are. They? they are. They're yeah. second in the form table to Liverpool. I think in their last six games, last five games they conceded one goal. Last six games they conceded two goals. Four, w- I think it's four wins and a draw in their last five games. Mm. And that's against teams like Leicester and Man United and Arsenal. Uh, Newcastle away, Southampton as well. So, you know, sometimes if teams go on a run of three or four matches without a, out a defeat, team, mm. uh, you know, pundits will go, oh, wow, have you seen how well... I don't know what Brighton are doing, but you know, there's actually a bit of substance behind what Burnley are doing at the minute. They're 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 playing really well. I dropped Pope and instantly uh, Burnley turned their form around. Well, there were, you go. They were dreadful over Christmas, I think it was, and then just instantly turned it on, and now they're really good. So you're right. I don't know. I'm just looking at McNeil's points here, and I think they're slightly skewed by the fact he had a great match against Bournemouth with a goal and assist and a clean sheet. Right. Because, like, <coughs> once in the last what twenty. In the last 14 game weeks, has he got more than three points? Yeah, we mentioned him a bit last week, didn't we? Yeah. Um, what, that he should be scoring more points? And also, no, no that he did really well that one week. He mm. should be in the same category as McTominay and Makaleli. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> to say does, to does that. Doesn't do anything for uh, <laughs> enhancing. <laughs> yeah, probably. But uh, M's, You've M's got him there anyway. Who's I think also... Just looking further forward, not for a one-week wonder, but um, Burnley have got Man City the week after as well, so that's fine for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just pick a team at the start of the season anyway, and then leave it. Yeah. And then the other player I've gone for um, in my four-man midfield is, is John Fleck from from Sheffield United. Um, we did speak already about they've got Norwich, and um, mm. he tends to do well for them in midfield. And my sub um, on that team on in the midfield is Chowdhury from. Um, from Leicester again you want to talk about the Makalele and McTominay style players Of he's got like 30 points all season even though he's probably played most of the games and then up front uh, I've gone for Raul Jimenez my third Wolves player again doing really well this season I've gone for Danny Ings 
Um, I don't think we mentioned Southampton yet, um, but Southampton are at home against Newcastle on Saturday. Um, potential goals there. Potential yeah. goals there. And then uh, I've gone for um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Who has two games this week? He's got two games this week against uh, West Ham and then against Man City. The uh, home and to West Ham, right? Home to West Ham on Saturday, yeah. And he's going to be my captain. Okay, captain Aubameyang. That's a good choice for captain. You don't have any City players in there, do you? I don't have any City players in there, no. Interesting. Interesting. No. Cool, we'll see how that team does then. Uh, see if you can beat your 65-point haul earlier this season. I would love it if I beat me. <laughs> love it. <laughs> uh, moving along, Dave. Who have you gone with for your transfers this week? Um, teams. I'm just. I'm just looking. To, uh, I mentioned it last week, and I didn't get him out. But I want to get Mason Mount out. So I'm thinking about replacing him with um, Saka at Arsenal. Obviously, Arsenal have got um, two games this week as well. One against West Ham, where I imagine they'll do all right, even though West Ham have picked up a bit. Um, the second is against Man City. It's a difficult one, but he's a young lad who's coming to the team, and um, he's got quite a few assists to his name already. He's filthily cheap. Yes, and what is he? Disgusting. Four points. 4.6, I think Six, it was. Six, yeah. Absolutely outrageous. So getting Mount out and getting him in gives me 1.5 million to then potentially use on another player as well. Would but that be a minus four hit or? No, that's, that, that's well, that would, no, sorry, that would be a minus four, yeah, if I got another one in. But um, I'm thinking about leaving Lundstrom in as potentially they might bring him in against Norwich play. It hasn't been, he's been kind of coming off the bench. Um, I think he only played like nine minutes in their last game or something. So um, he's not been playing a great deal. My defence, uh, other than the two Liverpool players, having Kelly and Tanganga, it looks like I need to do something there. Mm. Midfield's pretty strong with Salah, De Bruyne, Decore, uh, Fernandez. I transferred Fernandez in last week as well as a bit of a sly one just before the transfer deadline. Uh, Sub so, uh, Sam's <laughs> relentless <laughs> chat on him basically. He's uh, good, isn't talks he? Talks me into it. It does. It does look like the real deal, actually. I feel oh, like I'm missing the hype train here. I feel like it's passing me by, and mm. I'm going to be left stranded on that station. But I don't want to do it yet because United have two pretty hard games. But then the more I think about it. They actually do turn up in those hard games, don't they? I'm yeah. just shit at choosing United players this season. He's not looked intimidated so by the fact that he's moved. He's kind of slipped straight into the Premier League, hasn't he? He's he has, intimidated yeah. by the fact yeah. he's moved to Manchester United and he's playing in this league that's then broadcast to you know millions around the world. He's, he's basically unfazed. just... Yeah, he's totally unfazed. He's, he's, he's one of those classic footballers who just, love, he just looks like he just loves playing. So as soon as he gets out there, it doesn't matter who he's playing, who he's playing against, what he's doing, he's... He's interested. I think he's a slightly more vibrant and obviously more mobile version of Juan Mata. Yeah. He's got that level of intelligence. I think that's why I think already those two have linked up quite well because um, they're just bright footballers. I also love the fact that Fernandez has played four games and has already got seven more points than Jesse Lingard has all season. Oh, wow. <laughs> Definitely, Poor yeah. Poor Jesse. Poor Jesse. I like Jesse. What's next for Jesse? Didn't you get some points in the Europa League the other week he got was it a goal or an assist that he got uh, well, when you, you won 5 nil. he did Scott he, he did didn't he I can't remember man. I yeah. think people were finally like oh my god Jesse Lingard <coughs> turning up uh, Fred scored two in that guy it was one of those <laughs> games um, even Fred scored yeah so you can't <laughs> put that on his CV then can he for Jesse no um, cool well Saka as you mentioned is definitely someone who I reckon will be on a lot of people's radars I might put him in but actually, as you were talking, I've removed him from my my uh, team. Oh, have you? Yeah, but he was so cheap that I kind of want to put him in. But I don't really want to double up too much on Arsenal. So they've got, obviously, two games this week. Mm. But one of them is away to Man City. Then, you know, you look at the fixtures coming up. It's not that green. It's not that, like, hopeful. 
I'm tempted to spread it out a little bit. Oh, I thought Arsenal have got a good running now to end of the season. I mean, it's not terrible, but you're right. So you're looking here at fixtures. You've got West Ham and Man City this game week. Brighton away next week, which is great. Good. Then they've not got a, um, a team in that FA Cup week, which Shite. yeah, uh, that would have been Southampton, so it would have been a decent one. So that would be rearranged. But you've got Norwich and Wolves after, but then you've got Leicester, Tottenham, Liverpool. Um, I don't know. It's not. I think great. Leicester have gone a bit though. They have and a Tottenham bit. Are, Tottenham are heads gone, legs weak. gone. Tottenham are weak, actually. I've got two Spurs players, so I think I think Arteta's made a difference at Arsenal. I think they're they're gonna finish fairly high now. Yeah, and you know what I like sometimes when this is the weird one, but you know when when some managers go in and they give the team a new manager bounce and they win like the three of the first four and that kind of thing and Mm. it proves to be unsustainable. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer style. Sometimes I feel when a new manager goes in and he starts drawing a load of games, but he's getting clean sheets. I think that is actually better for the long term prospects because it means you're getting the bedrock, the foundations in rather than uh, just giving people, you know, the sprinkle of stardust that, yeah. they, that they want for the, for, the, for the early days. You could, I can really see Arteta building something long-term. And he has been given the benefit of the doubt because he had so little to work with when he went in there in the first place. Yeah. Um, Their yeah. target's got to be get that, that fifth spot, hasn't it, now? Right? If, if they have a like, fantastic end to the season, they Champions can get in League. there. Yeah, I mean, how far down the table do you have to go before people are not in contention for, for the European place? It's probably about 15th, Jesus I would have thought. Well, yeah. So yeah, they're, only, well, they're only five yes. points off Man United. Yeah. Palace are only six With points. a game in hand. No, so what, Palace are what, six points off fifth? Is that yeah, right? Isn't right. it a crazy it's Premier crazy. League this season where every time you look at the table, you're just like astonished at where teams are and how it feels few points more, are in it? It feels more like the championship this season. Yeah. Like yeah, looking at the way the teams are spread. standard. You know, two, defe- <laughs> two defeats, you're in trouble. Two wins, you're in contention. We saw that with yeah. Everton a few weeks ago. You know, all of a sudden they were knocking on the door of the Champions League places. Ridiculous. Because they succeeded in not losing for about six weeks. Mm. It's crazy. Crazy season. Wobbled a little bit, haven't they? Lost in a draw in the last two games, but still in there. Still level with Arsenal. And uh, they've got some fixtures, I guess, that are winnable coming up. I'm not sure who that other midfield sub is going to be, so I'm going to leave that blank. But so I you're am taking Salah out, aren't you? But I am going to take Salah out, yeah, because I need to make money for Aubameyang to come in. Like Pete, I believe he's going to get some decent mm. points this week. Even with the mixed bag of Arsenal's fixture list, yeah. Aubameyang is the... Uh, the player who you would think will he's bring so in the consistent goals. as well. Yeah. It doesn't matter if our Arsenal are playing well or badly. It doesn't matter who they're playing. He always just seems to pop up with a goal or, or a decisive action. I love watching Aubameyang. He's far too good for Arsenal. I feel sorry for him having to play for them. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I'm putting him in because my team is full of people who have d- put in at a whim who aren't consistent, and now my team is a little bit shit. So I need someone in there who's going to bring in the consistency to to fill the gaps that Lucas Moura and Almiron uh, aren't quite bringing. Uh, you're hot and cold players. <laughs> yeah. My God, I make, I make black and white <laughs> players. As you can yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not looking great there. But a midfielder of some sort will go in. Maybe Grealish. He's got another game in hand at some point. He's no, don't do it, Miles. I can fit him in. Don't. Dave doesn't like his hairstyle, or that he wears his socks low down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you get to see his calves. He's got lovely legs, hasn't he? He's got fantastic. Calves. But Beautiful they all have legs. lovely legs. But he's the only one that shows them off. Of course, they've all got lovely legs. All they're right. Footballers. <laughs> well, they're all the same. You gotta say they've all got lovely legs. Uh, they all have lovely legs. Okay. I I I've not checked Fernandez's out, but I reckon Grealish has got better legs than Fernandez. Yeah. You reckon? But yeah. <laughs> Fernandez is a bit on the skinny side, isn't he? Grealish is quite toned. I'd say Grealish's legs are up there. Best legs in the Premier League. This feels like a podcast on its own, right? Best it? legs it in is, the Premier yeah. League. Leg raters. Yeah. I reckon Ver- <laughs> Virgil's got great legs. Because he's just that kind of guy. I never looked down to his legs. I get to his midriff. I'm like, oh, I don't think. <laughs> don't do it to yourself, Miles. <laughs> I don't think we've we've adequately replaced sort of the the thickness of Eden Hazard, though. If I'm honest, you know, that's 
my type of legs there. Yeah. 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 Is that what you like? You like proper girth? <laughs> <laughs> and moving on. Moving on, Um So, a few changes happening this week. Um, out is Soyunju, and in comes Saiz. Um, I think he's a much better value version of Matt Doherty. How much is Saiz? 4.5. That's quite good, yeah. Yeah. Why did you deliberately mispronounce the name? Uh, Saiz is normal. That's how you pronounce it. The Saiz. No, I, I'm talking about <laughs> my <laughs> garden. Because <laughs> I'm a troll. Um, <laughs> out it? goes Vardy. In comes a bunny. I cannot believe you kept with him for that long. But... Um, TBC, I might spin that round. And um, sorry, I've just thumbed up and I'm being videoed because uh, I saw him <laughs> at the window. Ah, what a you want to try that again? No, let's just roll through it. <laughs> just uh, but I don't. I've got Aguero still in there, and I like the idea of keeping him and Obama Young in this week because they've got a double game week. But I don't I'm like the fact that you and Miles have both got Aguero and Obama Young up front. And well, it's fucking, like fucking do something about it then. Yeah, but uh, what? Like completely lift my team so I can. Get an eleven point. What is it? Eleven point nine Aguero is he? And Obama Young's eleven point eight for me. But blooming neck. Has he gone up in price? Blooming neck. Point one. Yeah, he's gone up in price. Point one. Okay. So yeah, feeling a bit anxious about that. Going well, into in that this case, week, I'm definitely committing to that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might drop Martial because I need to make point uh, two up, which I'm sure if you guys could, you'd lend it to me. Um, I think I owe you that, don't I? <laughs> yeah, you do, actually. Um, so I need to have a think about who I bring in. Uh, I th- love your recommendation on Saka, so I might bring him in. 4.6 yeah. million. He's yeah. great. Saka. Have you have you had Cantwell? Is, it, is he still in your side? Or have you put? Yeah. yeah, still performing as well. He does all right, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, for 4.7. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not performed for the past like eight game weeks, but that game week before <laughs> that, woo, <laughs> 10. <laughs> He had 10, one, uh, 10, 2, 1, 10 in four weeks. Yeah. That's enough for a 4.7 for me. Where does Saka play for Arsenal? Where's he playing at the moment? Left wing Left back. Left wing, wing back. back yeah. He's yeah, well, assist, a midfielder as well in the game. Yeah, he is, yeah. So he's not Which getting a bit annoying. sheet points. But, yeah. Because uh, he should be in the defenders. Well, they had no intention of. I mean, <coughs> they, they bought Karen Tierney and they had Kolasinac as well. So there was no path to him for him to the first team at left back whatsoever but mm. over the course of the season since Arteta's come in he, he has the characteristics to play there and you know they don't use him like a fullback. he's the one that's overlapping and, and trying to get balls across he is playing like a winger just from that wing back position not unlike how Belgium play really you know in international football yeah. that they're, they name the players wide as defenders but they're not defenders yeah. like Carrasco always that threw, kind of threw me out during uh, the World Cup I was like why, why are you playing him as a, a right back but he wasn't and then the next thing he's providing crosses and but Arsenal need to watch out because um, Saka's not signed a, a long-term contract. He's only got 18 months left on that deal. And Lame. there seems to be um, a bit in of a standoff over pass. what he's going to do with his future. Are you not putting Giroud in? No, I, I said last week. Because he is a pure mm. example of a player who would be... Like right now... That's I'm why I want you in. to put him in. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to, but I'm Just resisting. Take a Just take Aguero out or... Oh, no. And it's a midfield. I need a solid midfielder who's going to get me points. And there's not a lot of options underneath the price range that I have, which is about seven point something million. Do, did you, have you got Madison in already? I've already got Madison in, yeah. yeah. He's, he's been a mainstay. He's not done well recently, but you look at their upcoming fixtures, Leicester have Villa, Watford, Brighton. 
Everton Palace. They're That's gone. Leicester are gone. Eminently losable. I think Leicester are gone. Leicester are gone. Even when they were second, I said they were gone. People were saying to me, Leicester, and I'd say, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> You're so ahead of the times, Pete, with all <laughs> yes, your predictions. Visionary. Unless they're completely wrong. But I had a look over the f- like they they did really well over the first sort of 15, 16 games of the season. But then you have a look at the games that they didn't win. You know, they were they lost to Man United and then they were they had draws at you know, they couldn't just get those results together against what you perceive to be the top team. So basically, they were beating the dross of the Premier League. And then people were going, oh, look, they're going to get in the Champions League. Yeah. Doesn't work like that. They still will get the Champions League. They will not get the Champions they League. Will They'll get fall the out. They will fall out. Mark my words. And then we will have a retrospective podcast episode where we'll listen back to my very early season prediction that Man United would finish third and go... Fucking hell, Sam, you were right again, <laughs> again, and again. Still dreaming, isn't he? I Still think we're going to clip that a little it. bit out, actually, and we'll just play it in the last podcast episode when United finished sixth. Yeah. I have Leicester finishing sixth. <sighs> I mean, we'll see. They're, what, eight points off at the moment? Um, They're eight points clear of sixth. sixth. Yeah, Wolves. Yeah. Wolves, Man United, Chelsea, we'll all have to overtake them. Mm. It's going to happen. I can't see all three of them. That Leicester have lost eight times this season already in 28 games. They've been really naff in the last uh, month. 25% or so, of their game, over 25% of their games they've lost. Vardy is so streaky though. If he does start scoring again, they'll be fine. So they just need Vardy to start netting a few goals and maybe they'll turn it around. I think they've been really lucky. Mm, probably getting found out a little bit now and yeah. they'll end up where they belong. If I was Rodgers, I'd have taken the Barcelona job. <laughs> <laughs> get, get, get out of Dodge. I think if Rodgers had ever been offered the Barcelona no job, he would, would have definitely yeah. taken it. Definitely. <laughs> he loves that stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. See, his, do you know what his biggest problem was at Liverpool? Like, you know, after that season with the finished second, he didn't come straight out and say, we're a one-man team, it was all Suarez. If he had said that, then he might have had a chance of keeping his job. You know, because once he's decided to, you know, take credit for it and think, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sort of a managerial genius here. <laughs> and then Suarez leaves and then they tank. Mm then you're kind of exposing yourself to the criticism. But if you get in front of that and say, look, I'm warning you, this is a one-man team. It's all about Suarez. <laughs> when he goes, we're dead. That would have gone down well with it's the rest yeah. of the team. <laughs> should have said it. The yeah. board looking at him going, That's, that was the right thing to say, yeah. Did they, they replace him with Balotelli, was it? Um, Ricky Lambert, maybe? <laughs> 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 Didn't age well. You then. talk about your Ronaldo been replaced by Diaz. What about Suarez <laughs> been replaced by Ricky Lambert? <laughs> Christ, yeah. Right, let's wrap this up anyway. This has been a good hour of podcast. I think it's been one of our longest. Dave, Sam, Pete, thanks very much for joining us today. Podcast listeners, YouTube viewers, you can get in touch by tweeting your fancy football thoughts with the hashtag UKFFS. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, follow on Spotify, or however you listen to podcasts on your favourite platform. Leave a review if you liked it. And if you didn't, what are you still doing here? Check out Goal for your daily dose of football news from the Premier League and around the world. Thanks for listening.